hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. 101.9 High FM, Chai Chinuch We are back as we do every Monday between 2 to 3, discussing education, discussing ourselves, discussing how to make a better world, how to make ourselves better people, how to make a better environment for us, for the next generations, for the people around us. This is what we do here in the show, and this is what we are going to do today. Uh, today, it's, I know there's no consequence, uh, um, nothing is bemikre, as we say, nothing is a coincidence in this world. Uh, as you could all imagine, when I have an interview on the show, I book him a few, more than a few minutes before the show. And it just happened to be that the guest today is, fits in perfectly with what I want to start with. And I'll share it with you as this. Today in the studio, we're going to start with Gilad Spatolnik. Gilad Spatolnik, we all know him in town. You, can, you could hardly even say informal education in the city without mentioning Gilad. Uh, well known in that area. And we're going to discuss a few programs. I thought towards the end of the term, it's about time uh, towards the end of the school year to actually take a kind of a bit of a break and see what we have to offer in the informal areas. Saying that... I want to share with you something that's been going through my mind the past few hours. Uh, yes, way after I already confirmed the interview for today. This morning, I woke up, unfortunately, to very bad news. A close friend of mine from overseas, a very young guy, early 30s, did not wake up. In the morning, he just went to sleep at night saying not, he's not feeling so good, and he did not wake up. So obviously, um, it's painful, as every death is, and every uh, tragedy in the community, in the family, uh, brings you to a lot of thoughts. But here's what I was thinking, and I'd like to share, and, and really important for me to hear your comments about this. And by the way, if you want to send in your comments, so as you know, the SMS line is 34519, or you can send us a WhatsApp at 61 895 Call us in at 010-140-3020. Send us an email at chayfm.com, I think. I'm not sure about the email. Let's leave out the email for right now. So either SMS 34519 or you could send us a WhatsApp at 061-895-1019. So just to share a bit of thoughts of the loss of a dear friend this morning. My friend, who's a very talented young man, uh, invested a lot in, in music and in many other areas, very um, powerful and talented, he got divorced a few years ago. And he, after his separation, he went through a very difficult time. And I was thinking to myself, you know, we live now in 2017, almost 2018. We like to think of us very uh, uh, powerfully and very strongly as a very acceptance generation. We accept everybody. We look after everybody. There are no differences. We're very open-minded. And I want to come and ask today, are we? Are we really that open-minded? Are we really, even though we live in a generation that divorce rate is so high, do we really accept everybody who took a different path 100% equally? If that's the case, then how come I meet so many young men and women that are divorced that feel so, so 
lonely. And I'm not talking about lonely because they don't have a spouse, because a lot of them are very busy throughout their day. And they have a lot of friends, a lot of people. However, I don't want to say as a group, but sometimes I get a vibe that we are very judgmental as a society. And as much as we say we are not judgmental, we are. And does it come up that we don't give them jobs or that we're not as friends? No, of course not. But still, do people that are uh, that has chosen, for whatever the reason that it happened, that their life led them to that direction, have chosen a different way? It doesn't matter if they've chosen to convert, if they've chosen to uh, divorce, if they've chosen to live in a different country, if their spouse is very different uh, than the community they found their spouse overseas somewhere, uh, they're living in not in their natural area, they have um, this change or that change, it doesn't really matter. The question is, how open are we really? Are we really as accepting as we think we are? You know, I wish the answer would be yes, and that's all I want to hear from you. Are we that acceptance, or if there's a place here to feel more considerate, more understanding, more realizing that there are so many people out there who life led them on a path that is not perfectly in the box as we would uh, dream it's not like how when we were six years old, we dressed up on Purim um, with, uh, with uh, the ideal uh, dreams of uh, who we would be and what we would look like, etc. And people have, have their own journeys. And do we accept them? I don't know. Your thoughts. 34519. That's SMS line. Please send in your thoughts. 061-895-1019. You could always call in at 010-140-3020. That question is, I think, part of it, a lot of it maybe, has to do with the way we live in uh, in the education field. How perfect do we expect us to be in the educational field and how uh, in the box and exact is our vision in the, in the education world? Therefore, I think it's a beautiful coincidence that I have here today in the studio, Gilad. Uh, Gilad, good afternoon. Thank you so much for being with good us. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So, you heard the uh, the beginning. Um, do you think uh, unformal education has to do with the way we look at other people when we grow up? So I think, do I think that what education? Informal education, as the topic that we're talking about today. Informal education. How big of a part does it have in the way that we view the world and our friends? Um, well, I, I, I'm going to have to... Take a little bit of a turn on that. I'm not easy on, on, no, on the people that's that come like to be first interviewed. Question. Uh, I'm sure there are shows that are easy on the people that come in. There wasn't on the list uh, of questions you, you gave go. me that you're going to ask. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but um, deal with it. <laughs> so I think you've got to take a look at what informal education is in, the, in, in South Africa, or at least in Johannesburg, to the rest of the world. Uh, coming from Israel, Israel's got a very large area of informal education within the school systems. In South Africa, we don't. There are two informal educational aspects that are running the King David and the Yeshiva College, which is your informal Jewish education. Besides that, we don't really have informal education here. So to ask like a question about how that's... What is informal education? Okay, so let's start with that one. Um, okay. That's on your list, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> okay. I didn't know. That's not on my list either. I don't know where we're going. Um, I'm gonna we're start. informal. We're informal, yeah. Yeah. So first of all, what is formal education? 
because I think that's a, like what, is, what one is. Formal education is you're sitting in the classroom, you get the information, it's in a book, it's in a file, it's given over, you write a test, it's done in a very formal way of imparting knowledge. Informal education is about imparting skill sets. It's not necessarily done with papers. It's a conversation. It's an experience, otherwise known as experiential education, um, where, as an example, if we want to learn something like communication, it's not taking out the dictionary and getting a definition of communication and all different ways of communication. It's looking on social media, no? No, not even that. Uh, not even that. No, that's, okay. that, 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 that's so how do you communicate? <laughs> Heidi, that's a very good question. Um, it's about creating an experience and a discussion afterwards. If you experience something, you learn it, becomes part of you. That's more sense of informal education. In informal education, there is a formalized structure, which anybody who's involved in informal education will tell you there isn't until they look at the structure and go, oh, wow, I've been doing that. I didn't realize I'm actually doing that. So there is a, there is a structure there. Okay. But it's isn't done that in, more the job of the parents? Well, that would be parenting. Okay. Communication, viewing the world, uh, relationships, just, who you are. That's, that's, that's just part of what we need to learn. That's just what I was just giving it as an example. Okay. As, a, as an idea of uh, informal education, you could be talking about how to do planning. Uh, you could be talking about how to network or social interactions. Okay. You could even be talking about learning. If you look at uh, Finland's education system, they've pretty much taken the worldwide concept of formalized education and have in a certain way changed that to experiential education, which is another way of another aspect of informal education. Very formalized. You're going to school in the morning. A hundred percent. So basically it's about kind of everything we need that's not on the formal uh, textbook, you would say. Yeah, I could also say you could take formal education and teach it informally. It's just more of a way that it's done. Okay. So, uh, so, so, so one second. So let's just clear it out. So there, you're looking at two different aspects. You're looking at the aspect of taking the formal education and teaching it in an informal way. That's one way. That's yeah. one way. And there's... The informal education that's actually not in the books, which you would probably teach in a very formal way, maybe. No, experiential. So I could give an example using use that communication because um, the more the more I'm involved with teens or youth, or actually people today, the more I'm understanding how much communication is not a skill that is taught or that we have. But as an example with communication, the way of teaching it where, uh, within the programs that I run is we have a conversation and the question is what is communication and why do we communicate? What comes out of that discussion, we then uh, it'll be aspects that we either go into or aspects that we then park. Park means we put it on the side, it's there, and now we're going to create an experience to really get into it. The experience in one of the ways would be um, taking colored balls, throwing them in a room, having two, having five groups of two per group. One person's blindfolded in the group. One person has to direct the other person to pick up the balls. There are okay. five people screaming what direction to go and five people trying to listen. After that, the feedback session would be, you know, what was the challenges? And one would be, well, I couldn't hear who was screaming at me, so I was following somebody else's line and somebody else would say, well, I was shouting, but they kept on going in the other direction. And then we have discussion of how does that come down to challenges well, those challenges, how does that come down to aspects that you've brought out in communication? So it becomes a discussion and an experience. Isn't Don't we kind of expect the kids to pick that up in the soccer field, in the uh, where they play, in camp, etc.? 
Yes. So there's something called executive functioning. And those are all skill sets that we expect our kids to know. I, I'm not saying that because we expect them to know, they should really pick it up. Maybe our expectations are not in reality for for the the century and the time that we live in. However, that yeah. is kind of part of what we expect. Yeah, yeah, we do expect it. Okay, and why doesn't it work? Because we're not. It's it's a skill that has to be taught. Um, somebody might come out with an exceptional skill of being able to play guitar. They're skilled there. Or they have a talent, let's call it, they have a talent. Um, if they don't increase their talent, then, you know, they could be mediocre to brilliant. Take that into a situation of a child who has a skill. They know how to listen or to, in the most, um, I'm trying to think of a quick executive, organizational skill. They know how to organize something in a very simple way. But at a certain point, if they're not, uh, if that skill isn't focused on and taught and enhanced, their organizational skills will be that of a four-year-old when they're 15 or 20. And their potential is much higher. Uh, yeah. Okay. So kind of you fill in the gaps. And so what? So so you would say that in the programs that you do throughout the schools, which we'll hear very shortly about, you actually, what, you try to identify the the powers and that are not going to be um, appointed during the school, in school years? Or how, do you, how does it work? So... Yes and no. I'll give you a good Jewish answer. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not necessarily looking at what, what the school isn't giving. It depends on what the program's outline is. Because, again, it's not, it's not about coming, coming and knocking schools. Schools have their space. No, we're not knocking schools because schools have a very good system. We're looking into what we could add to it. So in that, so it would be I run a leadership program. Where we That's have also a Jewish answer saying it's not about what the schools don't have; it's about what we have. We can add that they don't, that's not in their program. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, kind yeah. of what you said. Okay, um, one of the programs I run is a leadership program, and there's certain aspects that we want them to learn. So coming into that, there are art. We have certain goals and certain skills that I want to impart over to them. So it's not necessarily saying that that could be taught in or out of school or at home. But it's skill sets to hone those skill sets in to make them, to, to hone them in, to make them more, to make them incredible in those in, in, okay. in those areas. Which is fine because we're going to hear very shortly that actually part of the programs are in the schools. So it doesn't mean that it's instead of school or, yeah. or it's together with yeah. the schools. We do have to take a short break and we will be back. We'll hear more about the programs that actually are happening in the school system. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. 101.9 High FM, Chai Chinuch we are back. Kulanu Ke'echad Yachad, we all are together as one. Beautiful song, ending off song by Daddy, I think. Um, yes, um, saying that, are we all together as one? Are we really open? Are we really there for everybody even if they chose a different out of the box path I'm not even talking about our children which makes it much harder but even our friends it's easier sometimes for us to um, watch them and, and respect other choices are we really there and if that's the case why are people that choose uh, or don't choose but find themselves on the path of getting divorced or immigrating or changing communities or uh, many, many lists of spouses that are from different backgrounds. How come they feel many times so lonely, 
so judged that we are not for them. Please send in your thoughts about that. 34519 is an SMS line. You could always send a WhatsApp at 061-895-1019. 061-895-1019. You could always call in at 010-140-3020. Do a very important message as well. The countdown to Black Friday has begun. At Kitchenik, get your hands on your kitchen must-haves from Maxwell and Williams and Ombra, Louis Harvey, Caramia, Eat Right, Nortake Ar- Architect. You see, you're helping me. Ar- Nortake Architect, White, and much, much more. All less 30%. You see, I do need the informal help. <laughs> Plus, the first 10 shoppers to spend 250 rands or more receive a free Winky Wear gift. Make sure you have your shopping list and running shoes sorted so you don't miss, don't waste time. Kitchen Unique, opening at 8 a.m. for an extra hour of shopping this Black Friday. So, get prepared. This is the time for shopping this Friday coming up. So, we were in the middle of discussing uh, here with Gilad, here in studio with me, Gilad Spatolnik, who has um, been very involved in the informal education um, systems in town, together with the schools, together on his own, um, different programs. And we just we started focusing in on one of the programs that's running, actually, I think, with King David. So, yeah, one of the programs I run is a partnership. It's what is the program called? The program's called Dilla Teen Fellows. It's through the Zionist Federation in partner with King David, the South African Board of Jewish Education, which are the two King David schools, Victory Park and Linksfield. What do you do there? So, we meet once every. It's a year. Take a step back. It's a year long fellowship where we take 20 teens. Uh, at the end of the grade 10 year and in the grade 11 year, so it'll be from August 2017 to November 2018, and um, we take them on a leadership uh, adventure, teaching them skills that are needed, skills that leaders leaders have as the potential uh, leaders, new leaders of our community or leaders in the Jewish world. So when you say take them, you mean literally take them around the world, places, or just take take them them on a a spiritual journey? Well, so we meet once uh, once every two weeks for four hours where we run different workshops based on different skill sets that they would be learning. Um, They have Shabbatons during the year. One of the Shabbatons, the first Shabbaton we put on for them, the second Shabbaton, they are given a budget and they have to put the whole Shabbaton together from point A to point Z. If they don't have put, get food, we don't eat. Um, all activities, transportation, accommodation. Then we have a partnership with a, an organization, a partner community in Israel. There are 32 communities on this program, 16 in Israel, 16 outside of Israel. Ours is with Bechemesh Matei Yehuda. They mm-hmm. come to South Africa for 10 the days. The Chemish Mateo, that is almost like a suburb in yeah, South yeah, Africa. It's huge. <laughs> okay. Um, they come down here for 10 days to learn about the South African or the Johannesburg community. And then we go to Israel in July for three weeks where we spend time in their community. We also meet up with 700 teens from all over the world for a five-day seminar on what does it mean to be a Jewish leader and learning skill sets within that space. Wow. And you're looking at 10 teenagers out of 700. No. 20, we take 20. You take 20. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 20 out of? Out of seven, approximately 700. 700, wow. And and, and what, they, they have workshops together, they experience things together. They in Israel. Create, in, Is- yeah. in Israel, yeah. It's five, again, it's a five-day seminar. They get split up into groups where there is literally one teen from each community. So there would be approximately 32 teens in a session. 
and they are interacting with teens from other cultures, other ways of life. They would know maybe one, they'd know one other person in the in the room because that would be their partnership community. Which, which I'm sure is a fascinating experience. It's incredible. It's incredible and, and, and gets people together. Mm. And uh, how, how does it really work regarding respecting other cultures and other uh, people? If we go back to a bit of what we started with, does it really impact the way we view the world? Yeah. So um, a lot of the teens, if you, in order to be on the program, you have to be Jewish. Jewish, if you ask what it in South Africa, somebody, what does that mean to be Jewish? They'll give you one answer. If you ask in Israel, you get another. And if you ask in America, you'll get a very different answer. If you ask in Israel, you get a few answers. You get a few, yeah. That's true. <laughs> they like to give a, um, or another question. <laughs> uh, so you've so through the process of the year, it's actually teaching them to be able to be open to each other's viewpoints. Because again, these are twenty teens that we start off together. And we delve in. It's not a. It's not like a. It's not a, a session where it's just fun and games. We go into beliefs and we challenge. I challenge their beliefs, and in one room I might have. Like I've got in this year. I have somebody who is, who's religious, and I have somebody who's an atheist, within the group. Those are two mm. completely different opposing ideologies. We could say that everything would be wonderful if we don't actually engage in those spaces. But that that wouldn't really be respecting one another. We bring those spaces out. We uh, I bring that to the forefront on how do you you believe in this example? You believe that there's a God. You believe there isn't a God. Okay, great. Let's have a conversation. But it's very interesting because how, really when, when I look at young teenagers and I meet them, I'm not always under the impression, even though some of them are religious, some of them are not, that they really thought it through properly and put lots of thought into the question, is there a God, is there not a God? I mean, it's kind of what to, uh, our, us, the old generation, like to kvetch about that the new generation, they don't <laughs> think things still deeply through. They're, they're just um, who they are. They define themselves like kind of how their friends are, how their life is, what they want to do, and not so much into the details. So when you come and you challenge that, is it really a discussion that happens? It, it they, sounds yes, because for the first, some of them for the first time, they're actually thinking about a question because somebody else has come out and said, I disagree with you. I think what you're talking is I don't like what you're saying. Um, wait a moment. Let me. You're challenging my assumption. Let me hear what you have to say because it's a process of learning. Let me hear what you have to say. Let me think about it. By the time, and I've seen this is my fourth year within this program, by the time they get to Israel where they're meeting teens from American reform, conservative, we're talking about your most secular Jew in South Africa is religious in, in comparison to some of these teens that they're meeting where they're meeting with these teens and they're coming back and they're going, they're, they're able to engage in a conversation and they're able to know what they are. So I've had many teens kind of coming and going, I know I'm not that, which that means I've had to think about who am I. So do you have kids starting the program believing and ending not believing or the yeah, other yeah, around? Our, our, our narrative is challenging assumptions and breaking down walls. Okay. So we challenge assumptions and a lot of times kids have come into the program with one idea and either it's strengthened through the challenges that they've had, where they've doubted it, or it's changed. They've changed their idea, uh, their, their beliefs or their thoughts or their ideas simply because they went through... And how do the South African parents deal with it or any parents deal with it? I think it actually sounds kind of scary for a parent sending your kid on a program and then finding that he took completely a different journey of what you hoped, you tried, you invested in for years. So again, it's not the idea is not for them to come out in the end where they're coming out different. But it happens. It happens. Um, 
I haven't had any parents come and say to me anything on the line of what have you done to my child? They're thinking different. I have had parents come and saying I have a different child. It's a ch- I have I have to learn how to work with it. But thank you very much. They've grown in such a way. So yes, even when we grow. That becomes a challenge to parents and people around us. <laughs> Tell me about it. Okay, uh, I, I do want to. We do have to continue. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry about that. We do have to continue on a bit more into other programs that are happening. Um, I hear there's a new informal program happening here in town for next uh, for 2018. Yes. So tell us about that. Um, three. And by the way, if anybody wants to hear more about this new program and join, please send us your questions or your comments, your thoughts. 061-895-1019 is the WhatsApp line. 061-895-1019. You could always call in at 010-140-3020 or send us a SMS at 34519 to Straight to Gilad. So I've been in South Africa for five years and from the moment I came here, my dream has been to set up a youth center. Um, and it's been a, it's been an interesting journey and a lot of challenges. And about several months ago, several parents from the community got hold of me and said that they are looking at starting a alternative option for grade 12, um, school leaving certificate, which is done through the American GD. And they would like me to create a, um, a program that would, um, like an experiential-based program that would give skill sets to these teens that are going on the program. So, skill sets? You mean like kind of what you do? Yeah, in yeah. Informal areas. Yeah, okay. things. I mean, like things like communication and physical well-being and learning how to make uh, to to problem-solve and choices and production and uh, well, thinking. Just skill sets. All things we get frustrated at our kids. Be productive. It's a skill. Solve your problems, etc. All these things I could hear already. So that's kind of what you're going to be yeah, feeling yeah, in. Yeah. Okay. So the program's called Ignite. Um, it's about the idea is own your own learning. Um, it's for teens 16 and above. We've started that gap. A lot of people have already asked us, why don't you start with younger teens, like at the beginning of high school or even as early as grade one. Um, there are a lot of options for programs like that out there that end at grade seven. Not so much within the Jewish community, but in the external community. Um, grade 7, they end. So what is there for older teens? So we decided we, excuse me, we decided we'd focus on 16 and above. And, but one second. Age 16 and above is not grade 8. For why I come... No, it's from, not. So the so reason what why... what the kids do for two, three years? Like, so <laughs> one step at a time. <laughs> oh, okay. So we are looking so at... Ch- kids, if you finish seventh grade, just chill. Rest for about two, three years, <laughs> and then we'll see what we can do for you. Um, so that is why 16 is also you have to be able to... In order to write your GED, which I'll explain what that is, your GED, uh, you need to be 16 years old in that year. So... Um, the GD, which is the second part of the program, uh, the GD is a school leaving certificate. Um, it's equivalent to a grade 12 school leaving certificate where it is accepted in 97% of universities in South Africa mm-hmm. as well as um, accepted in universities overseas. And from my bit of research, this isn't my forte within or my focus within the program. There are those that are doing that. But my understanding is that a lot of the private universities in South Africa now, or most of the private universities, this is the way they're going. They're accepting this, this GED. 
Kind of. They will, a lot of them will accept. It's, it's a big issue back and forth. We actually had a GD expert on the show some time ago, but that's not the uh, discussion <laughs> for today. But there are reasons why the GD would be very um, great for many people, and there are reasons actually we had uh, us, those students here, and also professionals that were talking about mm-hmm. the regular system, the, the informal system for some of the kids fit in. Yeah, so we're but not talking let's about... Let's look at the package deal around okay. it, exactly. So that would be, so the first the part of the program that I'm really involved in is the uh, experiential based or the skill based learning which is called 21C stands for 21st century education and the idea again is own your learning um, that's in the morning we spend three hours part of that the first part of that is personal uh, introspection it's knowing yourself as a whole as opposed to only just skills we're not just comprised of cells and skills and abilities there's quite a whole uh, package and then we go into skill sets learning each month is a module um, and it's our first month I use communication a lot that's a lot because I'm actually focused on that at the moment in the module creation okay, that's the first month that's the first month okay and I give an example what is communication? An aspect of communication. Communication is not only why do we speak and communicate, how do we speak, it's also how do you listen. We tend to think that communication is just about how do we talk. There's the mm. skill set of listening and processing and thinking. It's probably even more about listening than talking. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a lot of the comments that come on the show. It's like, let your inter- the people you're interviewing talk a little bit. <laughs> I hear from people in the streets, but I saw I'll let you talk. Okay, what else? Okay. Um, the second, so, and then. What's a, give us another month. That you so, second month, on. we are talking about thinking. So, okay. I love this. It's not a real statistic, but I remember reading it as an article, and I just love the idea. 1% of the population think, 4% of the population think that they think, 95% of the population would rather die than think. So again, not a real statistic, but it's a nice <laughs> concept to play around with. We think we know how to think, but there are so many different ways of thinking. We have creative thinking, lateral thinking, divergent thinking, uh, paradoxical thinking, judgmental thinking. It's a whole realm on its own. So in order to be able to access that space of thinking, you first got to be able to communicate. And then we go into learning thinking skills. Now, each one of this, it's not a sense of I'm going to sit down and I give you a pamphlet and we work on it. It also goes into project-based learning. Of course, because then I'll sit in the lesson and just dream away mm-hmm. and tell the teacher I'm, I'm thinking. You think, That's there you the go. Best that, yeah. I'm not dreaming. <laughs> I'm thinking. thinking. <laughs> okay, but we'll take a break for thinking because we do have to take a short break for ads and we will be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're at the end of the hour, almost at the end. We're in the middle of a fascinating discussion with Gilad Spatolnik regarding the informal uh, options in town and actually a new option coming up. And we have discussed pretty much um, what will be the concept of the school, etc. Uh, just to end up, Gilad. Uh, so, basically, we said that we have the monthly project. Yeah. Okay. And how does it actually work on a technical level? And I think we're going to have to end with that. Okay. So, um, so the idea is that we have these different modules that they'll be learning. And then part of Own Your Learning is find out what you're interested in doing. So, the teens will come up with several ideas that they're interested in doing, things that interest them. Like staying in bed. I could do that. Um, Is but that I, an I, but, but, but I'd actually I'd beg to differ that the moment there's a, that they're inspired and they're there's engaged. There's a strong drive. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I know that <laughs> these things, when you let them do it, they do it proper. 
Um, so they'd, you know, so they'd, they'd find out, then they've got to go research it. And then they've got to use the skill sets they've learned to be able to present it to the group that they're working with, with the, with the other teens. Um, finding out what they're interested in doing, we'll then find somebody that is proficient in that in the community and get them to go and shadow with them, get them to go spend time with them, actually seeing them doing what they're doing while they're doing their research. So basically what they're learning is becoming an experience and relevance to them to actually see whether they want to do that in life. It's not only theory, it's actually happening. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants to be in touch with you regarding 2018 and the different programs, etc., how do they do that? So it's actually with uh, um, Mickey Mayer is the person who does all the, the let's call it our front person, and her, her contact number is 083-305-8822. And they can contact her to set up a meeting to find out more information. We do have evenings. That's not your part. That's Nikki. Mark, yeah, yeah. And your part is actually the, what we spoke about and actually making it happen. And yeah, et cetera. Running, the, running the programs. Sounds fascinating. Um, let's please God let the kids think and grow and yeah. achieve and let them experience. Be, be our next leaders here in, or not only here. Anywhere yeah, in, the in the world, world. in the community. Yeah. Okay, so as all great shows, this show has come to an end. This was Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. If you have anything to share with the community or anything you think you should be in the show for your program, for your practice, for your special education thing, please send me a message. You can email me at rabbigsa at gmail.com, rabbigsa at gmail.com. And if you have with the Ad Education of the City, you will be invited onto the show. So, thanks for being with us today. We will be back, please God, next week, Monday, 2 to 3. Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. Have a great week. Bye.